0: Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hey
1: everybody,
2: welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement Turbo Edition. That's a little inside joke amongst the staff and myself, but welcome, welcome inside the basement. You're part of the joke, I promise, you'll get in on it. All kinds of things to talk about today, of course, and talk about what I love over the American Football Conference what I hate in the NFC, and then what is hilarious. And we're gonna talk about the Back to the Future musical today. How do you not? This is heavy. We gotta get into it. Uh, Crispin Glover, wherever you are, uh, we love you. But first, let's go to the Skycam, if you please. Kind of feeling it today. Got a little bit of a warm up. Oh, did you see that? He was rolling around and in and out. I suck at this. I'm not gonna keep doing it. End the gag, Kyle. Never, never. You know what I do after that? I'm gonna tell you what I love, what I hate. I'm really bad at that, it's getting embarrassing. What I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. Let's go. Okay, Uh, I love, I love the big three in the AFC. I'm just gonna put it out there right now. That's where we're going with this thing. We got the Bills. You better believe we got the Chiefs, and I think we got the Bengals. I know it's early. I don't care. We are on a collision course with these three teams. It, they're, they're coming in there in the same intersection, three-way intersection, and they're going to collide at some point. And It's going to be January. Who knows? It may even be February. The Super Bowl's so late now, I think the divisional round is like uh, February 20th or something crazy like that. I love these three teams. I've decided it right now. Now look, there's other teams in the AFC that, that matter. Let's just take those aside for a second right now. The Ravens, you know, they have a decent record. We've seen a lot better Ravens teams, even in the Lamar Harbaugh window. I think this team is flawed, all right? Maybe it's still October. I'm gonna jump ahead of that right now. The Jets, I like what the Jets are doing. I don't have any confidence in the quarterback yet in the Brees Hall injury, which is breaking now as we're doing this, just sucks. I hate it, he's out. Um, The Browns, no, definitely not. The Titans, the Titans are gonna be in the playoffs. I love the Mike Vrabel Titans. Are they gonna make any noise? I don't think so. Chargers, come on, I can't get there yet. That leaves us with these three teams, guys. You know, unless you wanna count the Dolphins. Dolphins, we'll see, too. But I love the Bills, I love the Bengals, I love the Chiefs, and listen, Chiefs are going to the bye week now. Bills are coming out of the bye week. Chiefs are gonna go in, and they're sitting there just a nice five and two. They got a couple of losses, fine. They're figuring things out. They enter the bye week, and it's so important to just nail it before you go to the bye week. Just like the Bills did, winning at Arrowhead, actually. Because you spend the next two weeks just dormant, no games, no practice, no nothing. Everybody talk about you, and it's how you leave that impression before you go to that bye week. And they left the impression of just crushing a Niners team that I think we all respect, especially defensively. The Niners defense at times this year has looked like the best defense in the NFL, and Mahomes did whatever he wanted. And I don't think this is a good sign for the rest of the AFC. You just want the Chiefs out of it. It would be really nice if they had lost that game. Four and three into the bye. That's game over 500. Struggling. They missed Tyreek. That's thing. That storyline is so done and so dead. And Tyreek's on to doing good things with Miami. It is over. You see Mahomes, 10 different receivers against the Niners. I don't want Mahomes hitting 10 different receivers. I want him reliant on Kelsey with a few juju cameos. No, he's going to guys like, Nicole Hardman. Jarek McKinnon, Noah Gray, Jody Fortson. That's a real person. Just, uh, some guy named Justin Watson. Is that his name? I don't know who Justin Watson is. I work in the NFL for a living. I don't care. I don't know who that is. Sky Moore, 10 deep. Mahomes settling in, new players, new offense. It feels like a whole different attack, and they got it now. They're working on it. They're figuring it out, and I think they're going to play the Bills or the Bengals in the playoffs. I don't know which one it is. Bengals, interesting story too. Terrible start. You start out, you completely stumble out of the gate, not surprised at all, at least not to me. It's just hard. It's hard psychologically, it's hard in football to come out of that kind of run that they had last year and be like, no problem. We kept our players, we kept our coaches, who cares? It's not an on paper thing. It's not about who you kept on paper. It's just psychological. It's very difficult, very difficult. They sucked it up, they said we're not gonna just quit, and you think we're gonna go back to being the Bengals and this crappy old organization and the Bungles. and all? no, 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 no. we're fine. We have great players right now, we're good. This was supposed to be something of like the game of the week. I was really excited about Falcons-Bengals because I like the way both teams play. They smashed them. The Bengals destroyed Atlanta. That is an Atlanta team. It's not crazy talented really yet, but they play really hard and they run really well and they have a good defense. They got smoked, smoked by the Bengals. And I think we got these two teams that are coming together with our guys in Buffalo who are on the bye. And now the Buffalo game's fascinating this week. Of course, national television against the Packers, which we'll get to in a second. And they're favored by double digits already in Buffalo, Sunday night football. And if you watch the Packers and you watch the Bills, you think, well, 10 and a half points, 11 points, something like that. They'll crush them. We'll see. We'll see. There's some other good teams in this AFC. I have so much respect to what the Chiefs and Mahomes are doing. It's what they're going to do every year. At some point, we're going to get to the post Kelsey era of the Patrick Mahomes career. Kelsey's amazing. He'll play maybe a couple more seasons, two, maybe three at the most. And then it's going to be, how do you replace Kelsey? They will. They will. Doesn't matter. Kelsey's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. They'll replace him. It's not a Kelsey thing. It's not a Tyreek thing. It is a Mahomes thing. Andy Reid's gonna walk away at some point. How do you replace Andy Reid? Doesn't matter. As long as Mahomes is there. He's that good and that solid. And he's gonna be the nemesis every single year if you're one of these teams who really wants a Super Bowl like Buffalo or Cincinnati or even the Chargers. Teams like that who just don't really have one. Mahomes is always gonna be there. Always gonna be your problem like Michael Jordan in the Eastern Conference. It's just, you gotta get through him. You gotta do it. The Burrow thing isn't going away either. I don't know what the deal with Burrow is. Burrow has this weird similarity where he started his career with a lot of similar statistics to Dan Marino, up to and including second year, losing the Super Bowl, all that. You don't wanna have a Dan Marino career. I say that with respect to Marino, he's incredible. And the stuff that he was putting out back in the 80s is awesome. You don't throw for that many yards in the 80s. It's crazy, everybody does it now. Back then was amazing. But I'm sure Joe Burrow does not want to have Dan Marino's career because there's this massive thing he never won it. See where Joe Burrow goes. Let's see if they continue it. But right now, I believe in this team this year. I know their record is not incredible. They have a few losses, don't care. They took it on the chin. They kind of spit blood into the bucket in the corner, and now they're coming back out. I love the Bengals are playing. They smashed Atlanta, smashed them. And then we got our guys, Buffalo. The favorite, the runaways, bye week, rested, great record. Only one loss, which was a really weird loss when they were missing a lot of their players. And, Kind of like they lost to the sun, to heat. It was a terrible loss to Miami because the conditions were so bad. Couldn't snap it at the end. Remember, that's the only thing that's keeping them from an undefeated record. Those are my three teams I'm throwing in with. It might be an outlier. I think it would be really exciting if the Miami Dolphins just caught fire again. And when they have two out there and he's healthy and he's breathing, they're undefeated. So they matter, but we'll see. Still pretty young. I don't know if two has really big time yet. I know Burrow is. I know Allen is. I know Mahomes is. We'll see. The big three. It's very exciting right now. Chiefs. Bengals and Bills. Those are my guys, big three, we'll see them in January. I love those guys, I love them. Very likable players, likable teams, likable coaches, it's everything you want. Then there's the other side. That's what I hate, let's go. So who's in worse shape right now? The Aaron Rodgers Packers or the Tom Brady Buccaneers? Like, just pick one. Who, who do you think, if you had to be a player on that team, if you had to be a fan of that team, if you had to be the coach, the GM just, you're invested in that team right now for the rest of the season, who would you rather be with? It's interesting because the Packers beat the Bucs, so they must be better off, I don't know if they are. The Packers don't have a bunch of whole bunch of great players, certainly not on offense. The Bucks do, the Bucs have awesome players. Bucks are loaded on paper, but man, they stink. I don't know what the answer is. I think probably I'd rather take my chances with Tampa just because there's so much talent and there's supposed to be familiarity and there's supposed to be chemistry. You don't see any of it. They're really bad, both of them. I wish they could play again just to see who really is the worst. Green Bay wins the first time, but the strangest thing about these two teams being bad, three and four and three and four, both below 500, is that if Brady all of a sudden had the thing that everyone's been waiting for for a decade where... That ball's not coming out right, and he's throwing behind guys, and he's throwing softer, and they're getting picked. And you point at that, and you say, "Ah, well, this is kind of sad. Tom Brady's finally rotting. Tom Brady's arm's finally falling off. He stayed one year too long. He's Willie Mays on the mat, stumbling around the outfield. That makes sense. That's something to point to and to blame it on. Brady's fine. Brady looks like Brady. Brady physically looks – he looks like he could have looked in 2012 or 2006. Same deal. Same deal, same dude, same deal. Throws it well, doesn't run, but moves around. Like, I'm not seeing Brady fall off physically. It's not there. They just have nothing. They have no buzz. They have no—they scored three points against the Panthers. Three. And Rodgers, same deal. Rodgers isn't falling off physically. That throw he made when he left the pocket and left it up there for Aaron Jones and he made that great touchdown to kind of get them back in it for a second against Washington. It's an awesome throw. That's MVP making a play, but they can't get a win. It's so strange. It really is. And then Rodgers had this explanation afterwards, this is a lot of the sound that's going around the talk radio and everything this morning, is that, so they're saying, Aaron, you're three and four, you guys can't beat anybody, and now you have to go to the best team in the league and play them on national television, what's that gonna be like? And he tries to play the, well, you know, no one gives us a chance, and everyone thinks we're gonna get killed, so maybe that's the best thing for us to go against the Bills on national television. I think that that it's a big reach, but isn't everything he's doing a reach right now? Everything he's doing on the field is a reach. Every first, second, and third down is a reach for Rodgers. He's got no control, he's got nothing. You see the shot of him? They, they, they come up short on one of the plays, and as usual, after every single snap in every Packers game, you go to the Rodgers cam, which is just right here. They go up as close as they possibly can and read every pore in his face after everything, and Rodgers just goes, what the bleep are we doing? What are we doing? I feel you, man. It's, it looks, everything for the Packers looks impossible. You could tell me that they had a uh, first and one against the worst team in the league. They won't convert it. They won't move the chains. Everything looks so hard. And every pass, you know, I think we gave a lot of credit before the year to Robert Tunyon and Alan Lazard. These are the guys who've been with them. Those guys are they're fine players, but they, they're they're not carrying drive after drive, they're just not doing it, especially Lazard gets hurt yesterday, and then you've got this band of misfits he's throwing to. The only guy he really implicitly trusts is Cobb, and he's out. Did you see the end of the game? I mean, if you want rock bottom for the Packers, this is tough to watch. They're about 60 yards out, they're down to the Washington Commanders, at FedEx Field, like probably the worst field in the NFL, to one of the more struggling organizations, the Taylor Heineke, just awful, it's a terrible situation. So you think, all right, hey, listen, as a viewer, I'm sitting here, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get a Hail Mary, let's go. Best to ever do it. The all-time greatest Hail Mary thrower. He's completed a bunch of them, he's got it. Just let Rodgers let it rip. And then I, I would love to get an answer from this from Rodgers, I didn't hear him ask the question. They didn't do the Hail Mary. They did the Yakety Sax BS and he throws it to Tanya and they start lateraling it. At the end of that game, Aaron Rodgers, the four-time MVP, the back-to-back MVP into this season, is taking a lateral from an offensive lineman and juking guys 30 yards downfield only to throw a lateral that goes forward to another offensive lineman it goes between his legs and goes out of bounds and even if he would have caught it it was an illegal lateral that's what Rodgers is doing that sucks that that is that is the guy who is like used to sell out the the Madison Square Garden and then his all his bandmates changed or went to other bands and he's sitting up there trying to carry the set and like no one can even play the drums behind him and he's just it just got away he's in some crappy bar, I I don't know, the Packers are so strange right now and no one wants to say it but at some point someone needs to come for Matt LaFleur Matt LaFleur your team is completely falling apart you're a guy who a lot of people like you have this incredible record to start your career and you get compared to all the greats because of your amazing record win-loss to start the career what's going on with you? I love you Matt your team is terrible terrible it can't just be because Devontae Adams left the defense got torched by Terry McLaurin and a backup quarterback. You don't run the ball well. Your best players, Aaron Jones, don't seem to get the ball very much. Matt, get it together, man, because all anybody wants to talk about is Rodgers. But Matt LeFleur is this friendly, positive figure, who's had a lot of success, and so no one is ready to go after him like they would for someone like Mike McCarthy. But if it was another coach in there, they'd be like, this guy sucks. Get him out of here. People want to fire Nathaniel Hackett after 20 minutes. He hasn't even had a chance to be there yet used to be in green bay they used to win games i don't know matt lafleur like it, we are we are learning a lot about you and we're going to continue to i hope you turn it around because i root for lafleur it's ugly and i and again i'll just come back to the same question who would you rather be a fan of right now the packers or the bucks at some point i'm going to say this again we're going to find out what happened with the brady on retirement it's one of the great mysteries in the league right now why the hell that the most calculating most pre-produced, most well thought out athlete of this era decided to retire. Announces retirement of all times championship weekend which was a little tacky and he took it out of the hands and the, the news leaks and Jeff Darlington and, and and Adam Schefter come out and break the news and it comes out Wow Brady's done. Well, that's the end of an era. Let's all do it. and it. All, all the shows when they're talking about Rams Niners and all that they're saying let's reflect on Brady and what an amazing moment what an amazing career let's take a moment away from the Bengals Chiefs and from Niners Rams to talk about Tom Brady on our shows. And we all do it, and I was part of it, and I did it. And then he's, oh no, I'm not retiring. Why? The theory is the best thing ever. The theory is that he had his Man in the Arena show, his documentary series, and that he was going to announce in the final episode, and that is the end of my journey, and I am walking away. And it would give everybody goosebumps, and it's an incredible way to end your career, and he, he produced it, and he handled it, and wow, Brady! What a walk off! The news leaks. He's furious. He didn't want it to come out that way. He wanted to do it in his own project. And sure enough, he retires. Now, is that the whole reason you decided to come back and play another year of football? I can't imagine, right? You wouldn't do a whole another season in your mid 40s just because it didn't come out the way you wanted. But did it play a role? I think it did. I think he was furious the way it ended, and he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna give me another year. Annie up, Annie up. I'll write the ending to this thing." Well, the ending is gonna be terrible. The ending is you guys are three and four and have all your players there and can't win a game. He's it, 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 not his skills are deteriorating. It's not because all his players are hurt. It's not, they're all out there. They just are getting torched by the PJ Walker, Steve Wilkes Panthers. That is the ending. The man in the arena is, is in the arena against the Panthers, the zombie Panthers losing. It sucks. It's not the way it's supposed to end. I wish he would have walked away. Because what does he do now, come back another year when he's 46 to try to rewrite it again? So sad. The AFC's in great hands. The old guard of the NFC, it's it's falling apart. It really is. It's really bad. I hate it. Let's move on to what's hilarious, though. Come on. Lions, Tigers, and Tailgates. Oh, my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. And nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich Smoked Sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com Basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com Basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so let's go back to the NFC. We're doing a tennis match right here from the NFC, AFC, NFC. And, you know, we we talked about what was really negative right there with with Brady. And and if I'm distracted, it's because I'm trying to pull up a tweet from my guy. Um, Brady and Rodgers, it's so strange to watch them just struggle and they can barely complete a pass, it feels like, sometimes. And yet, in the NFC, the class of the thing, my my guy, Peter Strager, was... What Peter does is he travels back and forth to California to work for Fox on the weekends, and then he comes all the way back to New York where he lives and works with me in the morning. So he has a lot of time to think about football, which is what makes Peter great. Peter tweeted yesterday, okay, fun exercise. And this is what's hilarious. I love it. NFC Pro Bowl quarterback Steve there. this year. And never mind fan voting, like who's really deserving? Let's imagine that the Pro Bowl experience and the Pro Bowl award and the Pro Bowl nomination was truly based on merit. That's not a junior high school election like it actually is. NFC Pro Bowl quarterbacks this year need three who you got. He says his. Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and the alternate, in case, you know, Cousins decides he can't do it, is Daniel Jones. That's it. Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Those are your four guys in the NFC. Rodgers plays in the NFC, Brady plays in the NFC, that's four MVPs, seven Super Bowls, and we're talking about if you were basing the Pro Bowl on merit, which maybe someday it will be, you're going to Geno. Does anybody else want in? Is there another man in? I'll tell you this, Dak's back, who knows? Maybe he'll start playing well. The game against the Lions was just kind of a warm up. it was fine. Don't let Heineke get hot. Heineke's gonna ride for a few weeks now. He's dollar store Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I like him. And the Bears and Lions no Falcons Mariota was a thing for a while. I don't think PJ Walker's gonna be in the Pro Bowl. And then after that, Stafford just been a mess. And Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyler is Kyler. You never want to be one of those guys where you just say that person is that person. It's usually not a good thing. So I'm coming back to the big four. <laughs> Hertz, Cousins, Gino. And Hertz My Hertz is undefeated. Cousins, the only team he lost to is Hertz. And then Gino, look, Gino keeps chucking it. There's an interesting thing with Gino Smith. If he had had a different sliding door moment, would he be having the same career he's had? And by that I mean an up and down, waiting on the bench for a long time. He's having a moment now, but he had to wait years for it. Gino looks like a natural out there. He looks really good. Throws a nice ball, doesn't make a lot of huge mistakes, throws a deep ball, does it all. So that's what we thought we were getting when he was coming out of West Virginia and he was just destroying people statistically. That's one of the first people, Geno Smith, who I remember LeBron tweeting about. It was kind of a huge deal. It seems really tacky and passé now, but back in the day, LeBron, years and years ago when Geno Smith was still in college, this NBA superstar tweeting about a college player at West Virginia was considered really cool, and they would start SportsCenter with, like, LeBron loves Geno Smith, and Geno Smith had this cool name, and he felt like kind of the new cool thing. It's the first player I remember LeBron tweeted. Now LeBron tweets about everybody. Uh, LeBron will give a River Craycraft tweet in the middle of the Dolphins game and no one cares anymore. But he's used to tweet about Gino, meaning he was like the next superstar. Then he just lands with the Jets and it's it's just a mess. It's like the kind of the back end of the Rex Ryan regime and there's he and there's Sanchez. But it doesn't work out. Gino gets hurt, Gino gets punched by his own teammate as he's about to start the season. Just awful. And then he bounces around and he's in Seattle. And finally, Russell leaves and he gets a start. But what if Gino had just come in right off the bat and had played with this great offensive coach? Never mind the situation, but like one of these guys, like an Andy Reid or somebody like that, and he just landed and he's like, he got to be with him. Would he have become a star? That's interesting thing looking back because he just looks so good now and he was always talented. I know there were things around the combine about work ethic and whatnot, but a lot of that's nonsense. A lot of times looking back, I really wonder if Gino would have gotten to this career faster if he would have landed a different place that was better for him, better set up for him, rather than like the kind of circling the drain Rex Ryan Jets deal. I miss him. But I like it now. And that's the guy. When when they you know the Pro Bowl is not a thing anymore, they're gonna play, they're gonna have all these different events. Like it's gonna be a whole different deal. There'll be no offensive line. I think they're playing a flag game or something. We talked about it in good morning football. But when they send the NFC representatives, Get ready for like a big old drink tab on Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, and Geno <laughs> Smith. I don't know. I just want to be there if Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins are together because they're going to be sitting there swimming with their shirts with the zinc oxide in their nose and the crokeys on their sunglasses. That's my kind of party. And that's hilarious. Let's get though to what we're doing next on the show. And that will be a little segment that we call, oh yeah, takes on takes. Let's go. All right, if I'm reaching for my numbers, you know that we are going, well, you know that we're going to the first take program on the worldwide leader in sports, ESPN. This is where I give my takes on takes, and I rank them, I can give them a five. I've never given a 10 to anybody's take, but I have given, I think an eight might be the highest score, who knows. Here's what we do, three categories. I rate these people on delivery, on creativity, and on heat. Delivery, creativity, heat, and first up today, into the arena. Again, it is on ESPN's first take, which is really a factory for this segment. Stephen A. Smith, um, he has a 2-2 record. You would think Stephen A. would never lose in this. He's 500 in takes on takes. He averages a 6.75. That is Stephen A.'s average score in four appearances. And Stephen A. is placing some blame on a certain Green Bay Packer
1: for allowing Devontae Adams to leave. Go ahead, Stephen A. The floor is yours. I don't give a damn that the Las Vegas Raiders came and offered Devontae Adams those dollars. I'm going to hold Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur responsible for the loss of Devontae Don't Adams. Don't do that. Yes, I am. I'm okay Here's the reason with that. Why. He's okay with it, and this is why you should be okay with it. If you are consistent and you make up your mind, A, that I want you here because, B, I'm not going anywhere, Devontae Adams in all likelihood is still in Green Bay. Now, granted, management plays a role because they tried to wait in order to pay him. And I'm not absolving them from their decisions, their negligence, <laughs> all right? The, you know, them, them being a bit lackadaisical in their approach mm-hmm. to get him signed. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying ultimately it comes down to I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks who ever lived. And I want you with me, brother. I need you, okay? And I'm not going nowhere. And, and that a., if you said with that Matt to me
0: as a quarterback, right. man, I'm a rec- I, man. I'm not going. I'm anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Especially right. if
1: the quality of Aaron Rodgers, Dan Matt, Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, the you know the dude. That, as far as I'm concerned, been riding the coattails of Aaron Rodgers, and consistently, whether it's special teams, things transpiring schematically or whatever, you know this better than me, Dan. Things that we have pointed to Matt Lafleur needing to correct over the years. Whatever issue you come up with, Dan, did you notice this two years ago? Because I've watched you year ago now anything you bring up about matt yeah, lafleur yeah. that he needs to do better do you notice that you still saying the same thing at the end of the season that you were saying at the beginning of the season Me? now i'm just talking about when it comes to him it doesn't change it's usually the <laughs> same mistakes and i'm saying to you when you combine that with Devonte adams being gone Devonte adams there, we're not having these problems yeah. not these problems <laughs> Nobody is better than Stephen A
2: at when they get a little overextended at at, at riding the ship. It's a hard thing to do. I always say it's it's called getting over your skis where uh, I, I, I went out on a place here where I'm maybe not totally comfortable and most people sometimes often me you get a little rattled and you don't know how to redirect it. You don't want to get the train back in the tracks. Stephen A is very good at it. There was a point there where he was Did did you understand what Orlovsky, I didn't know, (laughs) this cracks me up because I've been in this situation. He started on that path of saying to Orlovsky, do you ever notice when you talk about Matt LaFleur that you always say this and Dan literally goes, me, are you talking (laughs) talking about me? I didn't know if he was using the universal you, like when one talks about Matt LaFleur, one always mentions this, or was he gonna go accusatory to Dan Orlovsky I think in the end he wasn't talking about Orlovsky and Orlovsky was ready that he was going to have to be combative and say, no, no, I don't do that. That was a little all over the place, but it amused me. Um, I like the take because I, well, I just said it earlier in the show, Matt LaFleur really never takes any in terms of heat or criticism for why the team isn't good. I like also that Stephen A has that ability to just gloss over the points that really are instrumental in working against him in his take. like. I don't absolve management of anything. Well, the management was a big part of it, Stephen. He, that's, that's a massive concession. And also, like, I don't think that there was any scenario through Aaron Rodgers or Matt Lafleur or anyone that was keeping Devontae there. I just don't think it was happening. Devontae made uh, a business decision, but also a really personal decision, and a family decision, and an emotional decision that he's wanted to play with Derek, Derek Carr his whole life. He's wanted to do this. And I also think he said, this is just not working with Aaron. How many times we we go to the playoffs and lose? Plus, they're going to pay me a ton of money and I get to be the face of the team. I just don't think anything Rodgers could have said would have helped him. Unless, unless, and Stephen A did not bring this up, Aaron Rodgers said, all right, well, I'll give you 15 million bucks of my money. I'll restructure. I'll do what's usually referred to as the Brady move, where you take less than you can. Rodgers takes as much as he can, and that's his right. But I would have appreciated if that take had come up from Stephen A. All right, so listen, usually Stephen A makes me laugh intentionally. He made me giggle a little bit unintentionally here. I don't think it was his strongest work. It's professional and everything, but it's a six. I give him a six because I respect the uh, Matt LaFleur criticism, which is rare. And I like that he kind of confused Orlovsky and got him involved. And I like that Michael Irvin chimed in a little bit and Stephen A let him, which is the sign of a good broadcast. You know, it's just stomp all over anybody who wants to chime in he was realizing that mike was trying to help him but the door is open my friends because the six is a very beatable number and you will not believe who's coming into the octagon against steven a it's michael irvin at the same table and the same show let's see if irv can beat a six uh also know this going in michael irvin is undefeated in takes on takes he has four and oh he's never lost and he has an average of seven point two five so if he just basically hits his average here, just a ground ball right up the middle, he will beat Stephen A. Let's see if he can do it. Mike, which NFC quarterback to? do you trust no, the most the right now? We're talking about the Tom oh, Brady, to the Rodgers,
0: the Kirk first. Cousins, no, Jalen Hurst, Jimmy G, Dak Prescott. I want you to see what I'm pulling from. <laughs> and we're talking about currently playing right now. Yeah. So when I reach in this bag, and pull out Dak Prescott, uh, I want y'all know to, have, to, have the, the, to know what we're doing a comparative analysis, too. I know you ain't taking Tom Brady right now over Dak Prescott kay. or Aaron Rodgers right now in their current state as they are and what they're going through. I know you're—I I ain't even gonna talk about Kirk Cousins. I'm the only one that still loves Kirk Cousins. So <laughs> y'all, I know y'all ain't got nothing to say and trying to say, well, you we ain't— Well, my issue this. is this. You don't trust your MVP. I, I trust my MVP. I trust my MVP. Not as much like, as his right, heart. Right, right, right. Because, let me tell you, now let me break it down. Because my MVP is going to have to have a chance at the MVP for, for Minnesota to do what I believe they're going to do. Remember, I got them winning the division. Mm. And I know the only way they're going to win is through Justin Jefferson. So they are going to have to have that combination. Adam Thielen ain't even Adam Thielen. He used to be. So he's going to get all the attention <laughs> in all the plays. That's why I made what my about MVP. Hurts? But the quarterback I will take, and I, I love what Jalen Hurst is doing. But well, let's be real now. Jalen Hurts only threw about six touchdowns in the last six games. We ain't, we ain't going to Jalen Hurts. I'm taking Dak Prescott. And y'all saw Jimmy G last night. So, so come on now. Don't sit here and try to take away and minimize Dak Prescott by trying to act like I'm making a decision with my heart and have nothing to do with my head right. because my heart and my head is aligned in this decision. Okay. Right now, I'm taking Dak Prescott right. over all of these guys.
2: Oh man, I've said this before, I know Irv, I work with Irv sometimes, so I I feel used to Irv and the Irv experience, but even that one was exhausting for me. And I mean physically, like you get tired out because you kind of clench the whole time, you listen to him. Where do we even start with that? He had a steep amount of climbing to do to get to Dak being the answer, all right? He obviously wanted to. I'm sure the producers wanted him to. This is kind of how the shows are made. Dak's a tough answer for that one right now. <laughs> he has, he's really played one game. He played one and a half, a half a game when she was really bad in week one, and then this kind of comeback project against the crappy Lions in which he was just fine. I like him trying to take people down. There's a couple, a bunch of things about that that amused me, and it has mostly to do with a lot of his. <laughs> now I'm getting, now I'm liking it more and more. I like that he said he he didn't even want to talk about Kirk Cousins because you can't trust Kirk Cousins, and then Ryan Clark goes. Irv, that's your MVP pick. You picked Kirk Cousins to be MVP of the league and he only has one loss. It's really a salient point by uh, Clark, but Irv just goes through it. Then there was a random Michael Irvin sidebar in which he just kind of kneecapped Adam Thielen <laughs> senselessly. I don't know why that was necessary. Um, and then as he's just going and going, Molly Karam, God bless her, tries to inject a- another important point is that, Irv, you know what about it's Jalen Hurts? Did you forget him? He was on your list, or you can't read your handwriting? I've been there. And then he, I like that Irv clearly had a statistic that was given to him by a producer, because you go through it, and you're like, all right, so Michael, in this segment, you know, you're going to go for Dak Prescott, and you know, you're going to have to prove he's the most trustworthy. It's going to be hard. So I what I got here is some ammunition against the other guys. Okay, all right, great, perfect. And it's tough. How do you talk against Jalen Hurts right now? They're undefeated, and he's played really well. So you have this statistic about his thrown for just six touchdowns in the last six games. Well, they've won all the games and also like he runs for a lot. So that's kind of a big part of it. So I like that he had like the clearly churned out for the researcher nominal statistic, which again, I cast no stones. I've used those before, but I like watching other people do it. And then at the end, it was just this sort of like get the plane down on the runway and Stephen A's amused and he's kind of just waiting for him to finish talking man so Stephen A had a six neither one of these were spectacular today in the sense that like they weren't that over the top they weren't that hot the delivery was fine I don't know I I wish I could give point fives, but I can you know what I can do whatever the hell I want it's, this is hardly a a hard and fast society down here in the basement. Here's what I'm going to give. Here's what I'm going to give, Irv. Ready? I give Irv a 6.5. This is not a 65. It's a 6.5. I don't think Irv earned a seven. His his stuff is too good. That would insult other work that he's done to give that a seven. But I also think he was better than Stephen A. 6.5. Michael Irvin remains undefeated. He lowered his average a little bit, and Stephen A. Falls to two and three. Stephen A., the person who says he's never lost the debate in his entire life. Now, that is a take. I love that take. I give that a 10. But in this case, Michael Irvin, your winner of takes on takes. Somebody's going to have to beat him. At one point, it will not be today. Let's move on to a guy who knows all about producing segments just like that, which is probably why he's amused by that segment just like I am. Sam Pepper with Brandt Awareness Hello, Sam. Uh, We haven't seen you in a few days. Uh, I've missed you. The segments missed you. Do you you understand what I mean when I start pointing out those little researcher gave him this nuances
3: and all that? Are you taking away the same things I am? Of course I am. Of course I am. At the end of the day with those shows, you just got to keep playing the hits. So whatever the researcher can do to get them to where they always get to, that's the key.
2: You play the hits, you know, when you go to see the B-52s. Guys, Just play Love Shack. Play it three times. I saw B-52s, I'm not kidding, in Southern California like 12 years ago, and my wife and I went because it was really close, and it's kind of we went ironically. I'm not making this up. They opened with Love Shack, okay? You're like, why would you do that? I'll tell you why. Cause they also closed with Love Shack, like they played it twice at the <laughs> beginning and the end, and I and then Rock Lobster right in the middle, like that is how you stay in the game for forty years, and I respected it, and I think that's
3: what they're doing over there, Sam. What do you got? hundred percent. Well, well, first up, I got big news for you out of Indy. What you got Holter making a change at quarterback. Frank Reich says that the plan is for Sam Ellinger to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Oh my. God. Matt Ryan, who's apparently dealing with a shoulder injury, through two picks in Sunday's loss to the Titans. What do you make of this? All
2: right, so this is real live breaking news. I did not know this was going on. Well, I can tell you, Sam, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked at all. that Matt Ryan, if if there's a stat I saw about him, that um, normally I roll my eyes at the on pace statistics, but he is blowing away the pace to break the single season fumbles record, like blowing it away. It's held by two guys. One of them is Dante Culpepper, and I'm not sure who the other one is someone in the last 25 years also a quarterback he's been bad and it's part of a, obviously a much bigger picture with the colts and that they start a different quarterback every year and it's sort of this like senior tour kind of in a way where okay so you had Locke, and that was a really unfortunate thing when he decides to leave then you got your jacoby Brissetta, i guess you're in and then you had that crazy random philip rivers year where he plays one season, they make the playoffs. And they actually gave the Bills a really good game in Western New York. Rivers retires. And then you do the Carson Wentz project. He, he, that it was actually okay, but it was such an embarrassing ending that they fired him. And then this take always in the off season, they brought in Matt Ryan. Every single person seemed to say the same thing. Ah, stability. They have an adult quarterback. And I understood the sensibility of it in the sense that it was just kind of fine, like, Matt Ryan is a, is a pro, and he's been through everything, and he'll ready the ship, he won't just puke on himself, he won't wet his pants, he won't come un, unglued, he'll just, he won't be great, but like, he'll, he'll be, we don't need him to be great. We have Jonathan Taylor, and I think our defense is pretty good, and he's been bad, He hasn't he hasn't been decent, it's not been good, and look, you sympathize with a good guy and a good football man like Matt Ryan, if he was hurt, that's fine, but if you watch the Colts games, he makes terrible throws, terrible. He fumbles a lot, and he doesn't just make the, oh, it was tipped at the line interception, and he makes the, like, Matt Ryan, what are you doing interception? So my take on it is, like, I'm not surprised. Sam Ellinger is a tough ask, though, my God. And listen, the Colts are sitting here, and they're saying, we just got waxed by the Titans. The season's getting away from us. Teams like the Colts aren't okay with the filler season. They aren't okay with, well, sorry, you know, just we had some bad luck and we went six and 11. It's the same reason the 49ers made their move and went and got McCaffrey. Because the season wasn't going well and they're not okay with that there. They're not all right with just kind of meandering through it and having their list of excuses set up so the coaches don't get fired. Man, I can't believe it's Sam Ellinger though. You think you go to somebody who's got a ton of experience, but I guess that was Matt Ryan. The biggest takeaway in a sentence, Oh my God, they're going to have another starting quarterback next year, and I think that makes six straight years in a row for the Colts. So, I love breaking news here in the basement, Sam, and um, get your Sam Ellinger jersey. Good job, buddy. What else you got? Well,
3: well, uh, just following up on that, that this is Ow. actually the seventh starter under Frank Reich, uh, if you've oh group in Brian Hoyer, too. Mike Florio yeah. posed this interesting question just now on Twitter: What's he got? Has one retirement ever screwed up a franchise as much as Andrew Luck's retirement screwed up the Colts? Because I can't think of one, and I know we're doing this live, like we can't really think of it. We we hadn't prepared for this, but I can't think of one that screwed up a franchise. Well,
2: because we've seen the surprise ones, sure, but mm-hmm. you know, Barry Sanders retiring certainly flipped the table on the Lions, but he's not the quarterback. You know, he's not. He's not making the money that Luck was making, and also, it wasn't the timing. Understand that the Luck retirement was not, it's not just that it was unforeseen, that he decided as a young man to retire in April. The guy retired, like, right before kickoff. He's in the preseason. It's August. They're working through camp, and they're playing preseason games, and he's like, I'm out. So, I would say, sure, it screwed them up. But let's be honest, too, like, it's been a few years now. Like, they've had time to recover. So I sympathize immediately with their GM, Chris Ballard, and everyone involved with the Colts when that happened because it was a sucker punch. It, it was someone taps you on the shoulder and just breaks a bottle over your head and you're, blo- you're bleeding on the floor. What the hell, where did that come from? You couldn't, you can't prepare for that. But come on, like we've had a long time now. Sam Ellinger, sixth round pick last year. He's a second year guy, played at Texas. He's in, but then here's the problem. Let's say Ellinger is a disaster, and hopefully he isn't, but what if he is? What if if he just can't, just doesn't have it? You go back to Ryan, like, man. Because this was supposed to be a great year for the Colts. A lot of people picked them to win the division. I would even say most people picked them to win the division, even over Tennessee. Uh, Moving on, Pepper, what else do
3: the people need to be made aware of today? All right, finally, Back to the Future musical is coming to Broadway next summer. The show has had life in London already. This guy, Yours truly has already bought tickets on the pre-sale over the weekend. Kyle, are you as excited as I am? Yeah. I I, I would love to go
2: contrary here, but I've said this before. Um, I think that Back to the Future, my take on Back to the Future, it is a perfect movie. And I don't mean that just as a throwaway phrase. I think it is perfect. I think the writing, the acting, the music. Wow, look at even the casting. Marty and Doc look perfect in this. Uh, the, everything about it and it's so perfect you know it's perfect because they had Marty McFly for about two months and then fired him and said no it's not perfect bring us the kid from Family Ties I just absolutely love it it's five different dramas, five different genres it's awesome so I will see it and I know what's flying in the, in the, in the, in the face of this is that there are other movies even from the 80s and 90s that have been brought to Broadway and they've bombed but I have a response to that Big, they did a movie about Big strange movie um they made it into a broadway theater didn't work out saturday Night fever didn't work out crybaby dumb johnny Depp movie didn't work out groundhog day closed in five months and carrie they made a thing out of carrie she's blowing up prom played only five performances in 1988 here's what i would say about all those those movies are good but those movies do not have the adoration the love even the worshiping that back to the future does back to the future is massive for People like me, massive for my parents. It's massive for kids now. It was a massive part of Stranger Things, which makes it huge here. They're all still getting together. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox still get together. They show up at these events and everybody loses their minds. It is truly timeless. I think, listen, Harry Potter is the same thing. I went to see the Harry Potter thing. It's about 12 hours long, couldn't get enough. If you hit the right pop culture thing, it will work. Pepper, I'm very jealous. You're going, tell me about this. You're gonna be there. For, for Marty and, and, the, every, and George McFly?
3: Yeah, uh, my buddy's a huge fan, gigantic fan, knows all the trivia, is obsessed with it, his 40th birthday is coming up, so a couple of friends and I are surprising him with tickets for next year. Bought him for August 11th, fired up. I, I think the
2: headline there is, what a friend you are. Look at Sam Pepper, going, one of his friends, not, not even like a family member, just a friend, likes Back to the Future, uh, I cannot wait to watch. I want a full review. We'll do a full <laughs> segment of the looking back and back to the future with Sam Pepper. Sam, we got to get out of here. I'd love to spend more time with you talking about this, but we got to go. Thank you, Sam Pepper. Normally, we do the dartboard thing. We can't do it today. Long explanation for why not. It's Things get hairy in here. It might have to do with my kids messing around with the darts over the weekend. But that's it. Josh Allen tomorrow from Parts Unknown during his bye week. We'll look ahead to Packers week with the Buffalo Bills. That is it. I am Kyle from The Basement. Thank you. Love you. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye, guys.